turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Situation Report, where we do our best every single week to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Today is actually part one of a two-part episode you got in right at the beginning. Good job. If you're listening to this after part two, go back and listen to part one first. But this is a big topic we're jumping into. Today we are going to be talking about China. My name is Jeremy Stonelecker. I'm here with Chad Robichaux. And we uh, look at the world as you do, I'm sure, and sometimes look at it a little bit confused. <laughs> we ask ourselves questions like this. Why are the decisions being made globally that are being made? When we look at a country like China, uh, why are we treating China the way that we are? Why are we interacting with them the way that we are? We hear about genocide. We hear about so many human rights violations. We hear about all of these things going on. And yet it seems like no one, at least in our media and in our uh, popular culture, cares. What is actually happening in China. It's funny, for a long time, all we heard about was Russia. Now <laughs> all we're hearing about is China. And we need to figure out exactly what's going on there and what we can do about it. And so we brought back on a, a great guest. Jack Maxey is with us. Uh, Jack, you have heard before, and he is really one of the foremost voices on China, what's happening in China, and how we can move forward. So glad to have him with us again today. Jack, thanks for taking some time to come back on with us. We don't invite many people back, but, but man, we had so much fun last time, and there was so much more to talk about. Uh, we wanted you to come back on. Appreciate you doing it. No, listen, I'm glad to have your platform to do my talk, whatever. Thank you Let, for having me. Yes, sir. Let's, uh, let's talk about China. Jack, you know, we, uh, we were talking a little bit before we got on here, and, you know, the whole, uh, I think anybody that's paying attention, you know, there's got to be a real concern that China has influence over our country right now, over politics of our country, over our economy. I think it's important to start and, and, and really just how do we end up with China being such a central part of our economy and our dependence on them for manufacturing, uh, medicine and goods and trade and all these things. Can you give us an overview of the events that produce this situation? Well, I think it's the age-old uh, influence. It's called greed, right? It was mm. cheaper for us to make these products in China where people are earning essentially slave wages, where they are effectively have their entire lives controlled by the communist government. And we made this bargain a long time ago. It started it really in the 90s. They got entry into the World Trade Organization in, what, 2001, I think December of that year. And everything has ratcheted up since then. For example, we now have 360, 70,000 uh, Chinese students studying in the United States, most of them studying STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Uh, now, it used to be that many of the, those people would come over here and stay. Most of them are going home now, many of them. 
And this is a tremendous number. I mean, I think that represents about 35 to 40% of the total number of foreign students in the United States are from a communist country, an adversary. I mean, more and more we're opening our eyes to the fact that, that there is, uh, if nothing else, the conflict that we should be preparing for is the one with China, not mm. uh, with some other existential threat, that they are the uh, opposition figure right now in world history. There are two paths that we can go down. We can go down the path of Western liberalism, democratic values, or we can go down the path of of totalitarian uh, sort of state capitalism cloaked in uh, Marxist and Maoist rhetoric. But that would be horrifying. I mean, it's uh, the, the two paths are stark and they're clear, and it just requires the people stand up and describe it truthfully. And recently... We can look at the happy news that uh, not just the U.S. have declared them uh, committing genocide in East Turkestan, but now you have Canada, you have Britain, you have the Netherlands are on board. And so the larger question for me is how do Fortune 500 companies continue to do business with a nation state that has been declared to have committed genocide? Yeah, These are simple answers in my mind. Uh, why we seem to be fumbling over how we arrive at the, these answers is beyond me. But I think it's up to the American people to change the narrative, and I, I think we can. Are other countries like you know for our state, our State Department? I mean, should follow the lead? Is there any other countries like doing trade embargoes and things like that against them? Well, the embargoes that we're doing right now are pretty limited. They're more targeted towards uh, individual industries and individuals within the apparatus of those industries that may have profited from slave labor in East Turkestan or or, uh, in other areas of China or maybe engaged in certain businesses that benefit the state uh, security apparatus i.e. companies that that do surveillance, et cetera, things like that. But one thing that everyone should be aware of, China is now the leader in surveillance technology. It's not just East Turkestan that is camered from one end to the other. They are selling these packages as off-the-shelf packages to countries around the world. Now, the administrators in Beijing, but the uh, cameras are on the telephone poles in your city. A perfect example is Zimbabwe, a quite troubled country uh, for many, many decades now. But Zimbabwe has a contract where their main city, Harare, is completely cameraed. I think Bulawayo, the other one. And they're going to try and do the whole whole country. Now, the deal is, it's like many of these Chinese third world deals, is we'll lend you the money to buy the surveillance system. But now there is off-the-shelf systems that can be purchased by cities, various states. We're watching the Chinese inject themselves into Latin American politics and policy in a, in a horrifying fashion. You're watching them engage in outright uh, political interference in countries like Brazil. You're uh, watching them trying to just capture whole sectors of uh, agriculture in Argentina and other places, Brazil and Argentina being the, the two, two number one countries, or number one and two, perhaps, 
but everyone should be afraid. I, I feel in some respects there's a great uh, parallel for what we saw occur in the 1930s with the rise of uh, Nazism and the rise of Stalinism and the, the rise of what people of my generation remember as the police states of uh, Eastern Europe. And we're watching a hybrid of this occur across the planet. And if the Chinese get control of it, we're all in great danger. And if you don't think people will sell you out for money, don't be mistaken, because that's what's been happening. <laughs> for 30 years I, when you uh, say I want to go back to something you said and um, when you say China is their greatest existential threat to America you know me being a military guy I got two sons in, in the Marine Corps right now you know when you say that and I've heard a lot of people say this are we talking you know the Chinese Navy landing on the, sh the shores of California or are we talking a different type of, of threat I mean I see America as the China's cash cow. Why would they we, militarily? We are their cash cow and we feed them. This is an ironic reality, but they are always playing a long game. That's one of the reasons they're so heavily uh, dependent on creating these relationships in Brazil and Argentina that would benefit them on that front. They're also, remember, trying to create a parallel payment structure for many of these commodities going forward. This would break essentially the Bretton's Woods Agreement of uh, the post-war era that essentially priced all global commodities in U.S. dollars, creating a you know by fiat this or by treaty this idea that every bank in the world had to have U.S. dollars as a reserve currency. This is a tremendous power that we have in the world. It's a tremendous power for good. It's been a tremendous power for stability. And the Chinese are trying to weasel their way around that, particularly in Latin America, particularly in some of the countries that border them. These are all things we should be concerned about. As far as a kinetic war, I don't think that that's something that should be discounted. I, I think that one thing that we have to acknowledge is that we certainly, particularly if you, with sons in the Marine Corps, you've watched it, we've opened up a, a base in Northern Australia uh, Guam has expanded the presence of the Marine Corps there uh, very much so. They're talking about moving some more into the Marianas. And so, yes, I, I do think that there is a fear. I think that uh, particularly when it comes to certain missile technologies, perhaps they might even have, have uh, you know, I would not say superiority, but they, they have an edge in this sort of... Uh, you know, inside the 1500 mile envelope or 2000 mile envelope, perhaps. But these are things that we just need to stand up to. And I always have said one of the easiest ways to break the Chinese, and there's something lovely and Jeffersonian about it as well, is the American farmer. The American farmer feeds the Chinese people. The American farmer, therefore, feeds the communist Leviathan. It stretches across the, all of China and wishes to stretch its greedy paws all across this planet. I believe, and I believe it firmly, that, that we should declare uh, grain exports to be a, a national security export. I think we should determine who gets it. I mean, we looked last year, the Chinese imported more grain than they had ever imported before. Now they claim they had record harvests.
I don't believe them. Yeah. But why lie, right? Why not just say, hey, we had poor harvest. We, we, we took in a lot of grain. Maybe they're stockpiling. I don't know. But we could literally break the Communist Party of China in one harvest by holding back the grain and just making clear to the whole world, not just the Chinese people, but the whole world, that they're not up to the task of the mastership of that country or anyone else that they claim they are. Just takes a little courage. $155 billion of agricultural exports every year. That's, that's what, not even a, a tenth Hmm. of what uh, Biden wants to spend on this most recent <laughs> stimulus plan. And we should control it. I mean, if we're going to burn money, let's burn corn, you know, right, right outside <laughs> the four-mile limit off of the Chinese coast and barges. <laughs> if, if we're going to burn, let's burn it. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. One of the uh, really interesting things to me is that we know about the human rights violations in China. I mean, these are these are not hidden. They don't even pretend they're not happening. And yet there seems to be kind of a media blackout on these things. So we're told they're happening. We have some great illustrations of this happening. You mentioned genocide in several places. And yet they're being paid very little attention. In fact, you know, we have superstars in the United States like LeBron James and others who will stand up and say, no, 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 it's not that bad. They're being misrepresented. They're great people. I know money drives a lot of that, but um, can you speak to, when we talk about these human rights violations, that sounds very, um, you know, very nice. It's a very nice way of saying it. What is happening in China, A, <laughs> and why won't people call that out, B? Well, what is happening in China is what we've seen happen throughout history, you know, one sort of ethnic uh majority or minority sometimes wants just to dominate another and this is what's happening in china this is what happened in tibet this is now what's happening in east turkestan and they use methods of terror certainly they reckon that uh, upwards of two million of these people these uyghurs have been placed in uh, what are euphemistically called technical uh, you know re-education camps right. as if they're going to learn welding yeah. And uh, they're being force fed alcohol. They're being force fed pork against their beliefs 
in many of the female camps, the women are being raped, even the men are being raped. Uh, this is something out of, out of uh, you know, a dystopian future or quite frankly, a recent past, which makes it all the more horrifying because I, I was raised, as I'm sure you both were, with the mantra of never again, and here we are watching it happening. Mm. And now there are movements afoot to try and keep the uh, the cotton from East Turkestan from reaching the global markets or reaching the markets inside China, where it's manufactured into cloth. It's, I think it's about uh, you know a, a fifth or a sixth, and uh, maybe fifteen percent of the global uh, cotton supply comes from this region. And wow. I guess that's one thing way that the market is pushing back, but. Really, I think all of us as Americans, as, as human beings, have to ask ourselves the ethical question. Uh, how can we ethically uh, continue to do business with a criminal regime yeah. like this? Yeah. It has to be collapsed one way or the other. Who, who are the Uyghurs? I know we hear that a lot. A lot of people don't know who that is. Who are, who, as a people group, who is that? Well, they they are uh, an ethnic group that that speak a language that has uh, a lot of uh, connections to Turkish, actually, and they are consider themselves part of the uh, stand countries that you see stretch away from them to to the east on the map. They're the furthest eastern live in the furthest eastern region of China, and. Uh, you know, for a brief period of time, like many places in the interwar era, period of World War One and Two, they sort of declared their independence. And then in 1949, the Chinese decided, no, we're going to absorb you. Now, what they're doing there is goes beyond just the the concentration camps, the forced uh, sterilization of people thought to be danger, people who have too many children, whatever excuse they wish to make. What they've done there and what they also did in, in Tibet was they bring in the Han Chinese, like the ethnic Chinese. So if there are about 12 million Uyghurs, but I bring in 25 million or 30 million Han Chinese, well, whether we're suppressing your culture officially or not, yeah. destroying yeah. mosques, destroying places of worship, disarming the people 100%, you know, regulating everything, like selling oil at like, you know, a liter at a time. Uh, all of these things work ultimately to destroy this ethnicity. And, uh, you yeah. know, there have been murders, there have been, uh, as I said, rapes, there have been forced sterilizations, there have been many accounts that they've been using these some of these people as repositories for donor organs, things like that. Every horror that, that the modern imagination could come up with have been perpetrated on these people, and yet the world sits by and, and counts their money. It's It's quite horrifying, but there are many many recent historical analogies that one could make that make it to me even more horrifying it's crazy in our culture where there are so many people screaming about slavery in the united states <laughs> i mean this is a crazy conversation we're having 
there's actual slavery taking place, and the same people who would decry what's happening in the United States stand up and defend what's happening in, in China. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, when you talk about oppression, like real oppression, the current day going on right now at the most horrific and grotesque levels. Well, for example, in China, and they started it in East Turkestan, they began doing DNA tests of everybody in China. They started out with all the males. So in the last year or so, they committed to doing over 400 million DNA tests. And now this was so that you could never hide, right? And family is very important in China, right? especially when you have a one child. Uh, right, and- right. But now if I have a DNA database, I can track you anywhere. I can even figure out who your family members are, even if you try to hide them. It's the whole thing is uh, Orwell is probably feeling a bit horrified and also (laughs) wondering why he wasn't more imaginative in his description uh, of the future. But it's all happening right now in China. and it's dressed up in pretty bunting and 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 bows and and pretty flower beds and things like that. But uh, it, really, what I think we're witnessing there is no different than the grandstanding that we saw in the Greater Reich in the 1930s. Everything looked great, but it wasn't. Right. Well, so the question, and you kind of we talked about it. Like, you know, why? Like, why aren't why isn't the media talking about this? Why isn't this, you know, front page news? Why aren't these issues being addressed? And, and why, why do we, when I say we, America, at least we can speak for our country, continue to maintain doing business as usual in the face of them become, become, becoming the dominant superpower? I mean, even Joe Biden has projected them to be the dominant superpower soon. Well, remember, we, we continue to do quite a bit of business with Imperial Japan and, uh, Nazi Germany long before we came into conflict with them. But one of the things, and I think this is something that the American people can do because it's it's in your DNA you've done in the past, you can decide you as individuals are not going to deal with these people and you as individuals are going to make corporations that deal with them mm-hmm. pay a penalty. I mean, uh, we've seen this divestment issue in the universities and public pension plans. Oh, we can't invest in Israel of all places as if this they describe it as an apartheid you know this wonderful democracy and yet it gains traction why don't we have the same divestment sort of policy one that would be based upon real uh, human rights violations that are provable that have been declared now by the government why don't we now divest of companies that are invested in China Yeah, I mean somewhere else I'd pay all the companies well we're throwing away money why don't we pay them a trillion dollars to lock up the factories dump thermite in all the machinery and come home guys you know right and the whole thing right now because it it needs to be done not just for our people and future generations of Americans and and Westerners but also for the Chinese people you know think about it we're speaking of these horrors from afar. They, 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 they wondering who they can even whisper these truths to amongst their own families. They live in a police state. You know, we think ours is a police state too, but we're pikers by comparison. <laughs> I mean, this isn't just a, 
you know, me purchasing, you know, a, a order of t-shirts and saying, I want to get American made out of sense of patriotism and, you know, American made, this is like something that every business could, every person doing business could do like when negotiating contracts, or, you know, negotiating not to have their goods produced in China. Yeah, and and I think we can start to put some pressure on the these large chain operations, all of whom I I might add were able to stay open as essential right. businesses during the recent uh, pandemic with Chinese origins, hmm. and you know maybe it's time to sort of hold their feet to the fire and explain, hey, we want these things made at home, we want medicines made, and there's at home. so much to this topic, uh, which is why we have a part two coming to you next week. Uh, the situation report we'll give next week. Your situation report for today is very, very simple. Come back next week and listen to part two. Thankful for Jack. Thankful for his insight. And uh, if nothing else, even with what you've already heard up to this point, you know that we have to do something as Americans that love our own freedom. We should care about the freedom of others. And then beyond that, uh, how the actions of other countries will impact us here locally. Looking forward to finishing this conversation with you next week. We will talk to you then. 